An international group of climate researchers has called out New Zealand over its approach to cutting emissions. The non-profit group Climate Action Tracker has signalled uh, singled out this country, along with Japan and South Korea, for their heavy reliance on carbon trading or buying carbon offsets from overseas. Meanwhile, New Zealand diplomats are in Dubai debating the rules for making these deals. Climate correspondent Eloise Gibson spoke to experts on the ground. They may be relatively low profile at this year's climate summit, but rules governing international carbon trading are critical to New Zealand. It will need to spend billions on projects cutting emissions in other countries to make up for what the Climate Change Commission says was a late start to cutting greenhouse gases at home. Gilles Dufresne is a global markets expert at non-profit watchdog Carbon Markets Watch. He says the message to countries like New Zealand is to only use credits as a short-term gap filler. Even those countries that have kind of already decided, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do this, we're going to buy credits, I think it's still very important that they progressively put in place the measures and make the investments to make sure that this is not going to be their only climate action focus for the next 20 years. Carbon trading can cover almost any kind of action, from cutting emissions from rice paddies to electric buses. Whether or not it includes promising not to do something, exploit oil reserves or cut down trees, is a matter of hot debate. Mr Dufresne says negotiators are trying to avoid the mistakes of the past. That's been one of the issues that's been plaguing carbon markets ever since their creation, that a lot of the credit lacked integrity and didn't represent climate benefits they're supposed to represent. Most of the time it's because the, the projects that create those credits vastly overestimate and exaggerate their impact. Under the Paris Agreement, there are two ways to trade credits two-way deals between countries or buying from a centralised global market supervised by the United Nations. The global market is not yet operating, but bilateral deals are possible now. Official briefings show New Zealand has been exploring partnerships despite nothing being sealed. Mr Dufresne says bilateral deals have fewer restrictions, so it's crucial New Zealand writes its own safeguards into any deals. For example, making sure there is a complaints mechanism and deals don't trample on indigenous land rights. It's up to the buyer to set the requirements that that they want. There's also a separate voluntary carbon market for companies wanting to make product or business claims. Belinda Mathers is a chief scientist at the company Toitu EnviroCare, which helps businesses reduce their emissions. She says it's not clear yet how this market fits with the country rules. While it's obvious two countries can't count the same project towards meeting their national targets, she says it's less clear what happens when a private company pays for credits. For New Zealand business buys carbon credits from Brazil, you don't want Brazil and New Zealand both being able to claim the benefit of that. So then that's what happens if it's a New Zealand business and the Brazilian government, can they both claim? She says businesses at the summit want certainty, but it's too soon to say how much will be achieved before it ends next week. The easiest claims that can be made right now is effectively a business saying that they are helping the New Zealand government, for example, to achieve their their NDC. But that's not necessarily what businesses want to be making. Many businesses say, well, it's us that's that's buying the carbon credits. Why can we not make the claim saying that we are carbon neutral? 
Climate Minister Simon Watts flies to the summit today and says he will be monitoring carbon market negotiations. Climate correspondent Eloise Gibson with that report.